no, the way that we, like the way we start our episodes is, um, you know, we don't do like the hard opening, um, kind of not like a Ben Shapiro situation where he's like, and today we're talking about Biden's failing economy plus AOC said something stupid on Twitter. We don't really start off like that though. We could, we used to try Connor didn't like it though. (laughs) And so we decided that we were not, we're not going to do that, but thank you for, thank you for coming on. People might wonder who is Kelly Harris. What does she do? It's Kelly with an I, right? Yes, it is. It is Kelly with an I. Kelly with an I. So, I mean, tell us who you are. I mean, I know who you are, but tell us who you are. Wow, that's a wide open start. (laughs) Wide open. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, so, you know, just me currently right now, um, I'm a wife and mother of two. So, and it's funny, uh, Jordan actually took pictures of our family and I ran across those as an old, you know, memory came up up in my phone and they were just so precious. So thank you so much. I cried, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were all my baby kids when they were so sweet and precious. Not so little anymore. Not so little anymore. So my daughter is 16 now and she is doing amazing. I'm so proud of her. Uh, She's working at Chick-fil-A. She's getting ready to graduate early. So she's going to skip a grade and she is a math whiz. So she wants to get into engineering. And yeah. And then my uh, son is 11 and he's at Grace Covenant Academy. Yes. We love that school. Yes. Here, lift that up again. It's just, I think you got to tighten it up a little bit, Steven. See how it's, it's not tight. Just tighten up with those big, strong muscles. Great. Okay. Now you, now you've almost got it. Okay, great. Keep going. And Nathan's thing is soccer. So he okay. is a soccer star. He's actually at a game tonight. So he's playing at Stumpy Creek and um, Stumpy he plays Creek. for FC Atletico. We love FC Atletico. And um, and then my husband is a hardworking guy who gets to work from home. He loves <laughs> hardworking yes. guy gets to work from home. Yes. We love it. So uh, uh, just kind of getting into this a little bit. So Kelly, why are you here? Because I know we have talked, um, because you're talking about the kids actually being all innocent and stuff, um, and I know that's kind of a big deal for you uh, in a lot of ways, not just with your own kids, um, but other kids, and there's this this little organization uh, called Moms for Liberty. Moms Uh, for Liberty, yes. 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 Well, let's talk about Moms for Liberty. We can get right into that. Um, Yeah. So yes, I got involved uh, really in 2020 with masks, okay? So I knew about two weeks in, something was up, right? Yeah. For the first two weeks, I thought, oh yeah, you know, I was making masks with the sewing machine and everything, and you know, I thought- And she's crafty. I thought we were in a pandemic. <laughs> yes, borrowed a sewing machine, got going on that. Um, but then two weeks in, I was like, this is nuts, and I just realized that something was up, and I started doing a ton of research, and then it was just really troubling that the kids were wearing them literally two years later, like it took two years to get masks off kids in public school. So uh, during that time, I was doing protests and um, we actually organized a lawsuit and we were, um, we served that lawsuit because we were just fed up. It was like, it was time. And, um, you know, all that was going on and somebody else actually opened up the Iredell uh, Moms for Liberty um, chapter, which was Kelly Supek. And I was just going to meetings and checking it out. I don't like to join organizations quickly. You know, I want to make sure I know what they're up to and what they're about. Um, and I did love um, everything that I was learning, you know, Judeo-Christian values, uh, love of the Constitution, love of our founding fathers. And um, so I got involved. And then Kelly Supek needed to step down. And mm-hmm. there was nobody else to step in. And so she came to me. I was the last resort. And because I had already been active and it just kind of seemed like a natural fit, even though it was a a huge commitment, Mm -hmm. run an organization, be a leader, you know, it was, it was a lot, but I stepped in and I'm still here. Hey, yeah, Yeah. no, this is actually, I feel like when Steven and I talk, this is a a subject we discuss a lot. We discuss, um, typically race, (laughs) race stuff we discuss quite often, um, we definitely talk about like sexualization of kids. That's another one that's on our list. Um, and I think we kind of see stuff on social media, like typically like we'll run into a clip and be like, Oh my gosh, what the heck is this? You know? Um, but when it comes to the school system, there is, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the veil is kind of being taken away. And I think a lot of it is thanks to, you know, moms for Liberty. Um, and also, you know, parents just going to these school board meetings as well. Um, 
but I think there is still this idea that it's not really happening and that, um, I, well, let me actually back up. I feel like this is my opinion. I feel like a lot of people that are really associated with this movement are more, um, can be more Republican or conservative in nature. I think moderates and independents are getting along with this idea of, you know, not sexualizing the kids because they have common sense. Um, but I think it kind of comes into the realm of conspiracy theory. I think that's the newest thing that they're trying to put onto um, Republicans or conservatives in a very broad sense. Um, and so they're like, well, you know, it's nah, it's not really happening. Okay, sure, like you might have found this one book. But that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that the specific applies to the general, right? That doesn't mean that the entire United States is, you know, filling you know, porn in schools. And so I kind of like to play a little bit of devil's advocate mm -hmm. because well, I you think can, because <laughs> I can tell you the story. Yeah. I, I can tell you the story because I didn't believe this stuff was going on either. So, you know, I started looking at things on, you know, YouTube and videos and whatnot. And I saw these horrible books being read at school board meetings. And I thought, what the heck? So, you know, Moms for Liberty had a ton of resources coming out. So actually booklook.info comes from, you know, the um, ground zero out of Brevard County. And um, that's how you can look up books in your school system and check and see if they're there. So I just did a couple of searches and sure enough, there were some in our local school district. And so I just thought, oh, well, I'll let the superintendent and the board know about this, see what they say, you know. And I just kind of got things going in a real, um, you know, nonchalant kind of way. Just, you know, I didn't know there were processes and procedures and it turns out they didn't either because nobody was doing this. You know? <laughs> so um, it was it was all just like a search and find mission. And then it is just so different school to school. Um, you have some schools with the really, really bad books in them, but then, you know, you have some that have a, a lot less, but nearly every public school definitely has some that are hundred percent inappropriate. Like you got, you got to go get these books out of there. All right. So quick question. First off though, I'm kind of upset. I didn't get an intro being my first time. Okay. All right. We'll talk um, about this on the way home. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Though for for me, hitting off what Jordan said too, it's you could see a clip or something of uh, a teacher who is obviously trying to push certain agendas um, on their classroom, and you you do typically think I know uh, myself coming from not as involved in politics and current events. I get a lot of my information from Jordan, and we um, we just discuss kind of what's going on. I don't I don't personally keep as involved in the things, uh, and but I still will give my opinion in them. Uh, but, you know, in the in the states that are more blue, that's where you think this stuff's happening, like you mentioned. But it is crazy to find out that it – no, it's in every state, states that are red. Um, and my question is, though, who selects the books? Is it the school board? Or who is the one that, like – clears these books to go into the libraries for the schools. So funny. I brought three bags up here, but yeah. that chart is in my car. Oh, oh, no. I can kind of tell you there are. So, so do you guys know about the ALA new president happens to be a self, um, you know, yeah. Well, tell us a Marxist, little bit about that. So that, yeah, that could be a good start. Yeah. Let's, cause that's not something that actually, cause we talk about all the porn in the porn in the libraries, but actually that's a great question about talking about where exactly is this coming from? So you right. can, to treat us like we're eight years old, we, we don't understand this and tell us about this. I actually don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's, it's funny. I really wish that I could just speak to you with the encyclopedia of knowledge that there really is on this because this does all stem from an ideology mm -hmm. and it is a gender, you know, queer kind of an ideology, right? Like a queer theory. So there are people who believe that you should sexualize children from the time they're infants basically. And, um, I've done a little bit of research and I wish I could just speak so much more mm -hmm. intelligently on it, but the, the key names that I know are a Kenzie and a money. So money is, um, responsible for, a, uh, the first time that you, they were studying, um, it was a botched circumcision that they ended up saying, well, let's raise that boy as a girl. Okay. So that went horribly wrong. And, you know, so there's that story there. And then this other guy, Kenzie, he basically was molesting children and charting right. how often he did that with 
babies and young yeah. people. So, so that's where this stuff comes from. And you actually have um, people who think that they are, mm, what would you call them? Intellectuals or <laughs> I don't know what, what these Ivy League people think that they are, but think that this is, this is okay. And um, so they want to desensitize kids from, you know, the, the feeling that that would be a, a wrong thing to do or a thing to wait to do. And um, that is where we need to step in and protect the innocence of children because it is it is not appropriate to sexualize children. So we gotta we gotta help. Without your book of resources, do you know the selection specifically for books in schools? Is it state based or is it federal based? So, for example, you know, could there be different selections for North Carolina versus another state, South Carolina, Florida, California, so on? Yeah, so what I have definitely heard is that states aren't typically funding the libraries very well. So um, you get a lot of just donations coming in from organizations. So you can think of organizations like Glisten or GLAD. Um, Scholastic books have skewed quite left lately. So if you look at what they're bringing in. Yeah, because I used to to, uh, read quite a few of those um, as a kid. Can I actually take you back? You said something about the L L A L A. ALA, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of want to know a little bit about that because um, you because you were talking about where the books are coming from and you were kind of talking about, I guess, like the leaning of this person. Yes. So self-proclaimed Marxist. And um, there's actually some undercover reporting that's pretty good. So somebody went to this, you know, like uh, socialist like meeting and they call each other comrades still. It's quite interesting. So someone is undercover, got that on recording. I actually have that posted on the page. Um, and you know, she gets up and talks about how, you know, she's so happy to be in charge and ready to promote her, you know, socialist ideas through the libraries. But thankfully she has done that. And now many States are backing out of the ALA. South Carolina just announced that they are, I think we might be up to like seven or eight States that are now not, allowing any more funding to go to ALA. And what's what's her name? Emily, I think Drabinsky. Drabinsky? Mm-hmm. Okay, Emily Drabinsky. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just curious about that. Um, and it's interesting what you're saying too, is that you actually have a lot of states that are backing out. Because I felt like there was a point in the media where we would, I almost think that the left feels brazen and they should stop being brazen where there was a point where we would just kind of let this stuff happen. Mm. And so you have someone like Emily, I already forgot her last name, but you have yeah. someone like Emily that's like, Oh, I'm so excited to, to do this thing. It's true. Um, and it's the same thing with, uh, we were listening to an episode about the uh, Paw Patrol, their, their offshoot of that they're, their non-binary character, however that works. The queer Mr. Rogers. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Matt yeah. Walsh did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and that was, a, that was a good episode where they're just being so brazen about it. And then turns out there are consequences for them being so brazen. I have to think it is because of Moms for Liberty. But I also think, too, it has to just be like people acting on their own independently and being like, wait, no, this is... It's kind of messed 100%. Up. So if you don't mind me digging into that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can share that we have another amazing North Carolina organization called the Pavement Education Project. And they were one of the first resources that I started using. They have a book report um, process as well. So community members are reading these books, kind of gathering up all the cuss words and the nasty scenes, putting, putting them all in a, like a little book report so that parents, educators, you know, people can look it up kind of get a grasp of what's going on in that book quickly and then kind of make a decision if they want it to be in their library. And that's all we need to do. Guys, this is not difficult. This is not book banning, okay? This is curating a library for educational purposes. That is what education is supposed to be. So this is this is not what they're making it. It's not what they're printing in the in the newspaper. It's not what they're saying in mainstream media. I mean, I really need people to just get the common sense back on. Sure. This is going to, maybe this is going to sound a little bit counterintuitive to what you just said. Cause I was actually thinking of, I've been thinking about this for a few months where I'm like, well, it is kind of like, well, you are kind of banning the book, but is that wrong? Like I was thinking about, I was like, you know, there's technically to, to a certain sense, what you said about education, we're creating a parameter for the mm-hmm. library. A of, guardrail. I like uh, yeah, to say guardrail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A guardrail. And so to a certain extent, like there has to be exclusion of books because you know, would we put an ed- like we have for like there's a there's a parameter for a bookstore, right? Yes, they have the fantasy and adult models with uh, uh, novels with all the the sex scenes and stuff, and and like we have an understanding. 
while we don't agree with it, that, okay, this is a bookstore. There's also on one side is the fantasy novels. On the other side is the Bible Christian living books uh, at the same time. So there's a parameter for that. And dare I say, it's, it's pretty wide, uh, pretty wide. Then we come to kids. It's like, okay, well, now that has to be taken down to like this. Right. Because they're kids. Um, now, I, okay, I'll go ahead and, and maybe try to play devil's advocate again. I, tr- I try because I know... We're, we're resident skeptics, so I want to make, I want to do the best I can to I give the other side yes. of like, well, okay, we have people, we have people in our society that are of different sexualities, you know, and this is the world we live in. You know, mm-hmm. why, why is it so wrong to, you know, make them aware that there's these types of people out there. Why can't that, couldn't that be included in education? Like we have, you know, a, a gay history, you know, there, there is a, there's a line of that. Like, why, why can't we have that in schools? Well, Jordan, <laughs> I think that's a fantastic question. Just pretend I have blue hair no. right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so what we're really zoning in on here and what needs to become the community conversation is what is age appropriate? right? Mm-hmm. And so parents and educators need to have a conversation and decide what that is because we want to just empower parent, parents to be partners in the education process. We believe in parental rights, but by all means, 100%, we understand that there are different sexualities and there are going to be different levels and times that we need to introduce that to kids. And so that just needs to be a conversation and there can be places and spaces in the library where that's agreed upon that either there's a parent permission slip or there's, you know, a way to communicate that these books are available at this age. So we're not saying, you know, no, never, nothing, right? It's just, um, we need to have a conversation about this and and choose and make sure that, you know, it's a community agreement. Yeah, and just adding to that, um, I know a lot of the discourse that you see is, oh, it's just you're homophobic or transphobic. That's why you don't want these books. Um, but the moment you talk about um, homosexuality or transsexual, you're bringing in sexuality to the conversation because a lot of these kids won't understand what that is. So what is being gay? What does that mean? And so now you have to explain this situation, whereas if that was off the table, right, they would just um, be raised normal, uh, grow up, and that, that conversation, that thought wouldn't even enter their mind. Uh, and I think that's where... Uh, for me personally, that I get in where it's like, I don't want the sexualization, even if it's heterosexual. I don't want what I've, clips of things I've seen and examples of books that I've seen in libraries. I wouldn't want that for uh, for a kid. I don't have any kids right now, but I like to think, you know, as a future, potential future parent, uh, I wouldn't want my kids exposed to that. I personally believe that should be more fundamentally taught by the families when it comes to the birds and the bees. Absolutely. And everything. We agree with you. And we just really want to mention that we are definitely not seeing that there's like more that are homosexual. We are talking about just as many heterosexual books that are, you know, filthy. So we really look at like, you know, pervasively vulgar is the word that's in the statute. So I'm glad that I'm speaking that because Mm -hmm. we want to, we're not just like, Oh, this is how we feel. Okay. There's laws in place, which it's fun to remind people of. And then it's a cool thing too, that we're a constitutional Republic. So we actually elect people into positions of power and then we have discussions and we make decisions based on votes. Right. So that all comes into play in the public school system. So we were talking about policies, these policies, they didn't know, well, we're all getting to know the policies right now. And so now we're doing book committees and then, you know, fun things are happening. Like people are trying to like pack the book committees with all the, you know, you know, emailing all their friends, like get on the book committee, get on the book committee. So, you know, so we can make sure that moms for liberty goes down, you know? So now it's like a political fight and they just Mm want to win. And they're not even like taking into account the fact that like, really, do you, do you really think you that really that's okay fight for, for a child? This? To read? <laughs> is, this the, is this the hill you really want to die on? It's kind of funny because yeah. I want to get into a space and I'm working towards this. I want to get these people. I want to hear them defend themselves with what I'm reading. Well, I, I can't yeah. wait to hear what they say. Well, and that's what I was saying. I feels like the biggest defense is the, the homophobia and transphobia. That's what I hear the most from say the left leaning side is that, oh, you're just transphobic, that's why you're banning books. They don't ever mention about just in general about, they don't care about the heterosexual books being banned from what I know and from what I've been exposed to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's why I brought that up is it seems that as soon as you 
try to ban or limit access to something that involves heterosexuality, that's when they start clamoring on. Right. Did you guys hear the Senate hearing like up in Washington, D.C., that this actually made it to the White House? Like, no, not the White House. I'm sorry. Excuse uh. me. But like congressional. They had like a Senate hearing. OK. And one of the um, it's Kennedy is his last name. I can't think of his first name, but he's quite a guy. And he read two of the filthiest books out there. And he's like an old guy. He's an he? old guy, right? He's an old guy. <laughs> well, and we, I, we're in a book committee. Oh, because I, I didn't finish this. I mentioned Pavement Education Pro- Project, but I also wanted to mention that there are other mama bear organizations. There are just citizens. There are church members. There are just people getting involved in this. This is not only a Moms for Liberty issue. It's really like right. when people really get exposed to the truth of what this is, they're like, oh my gosh, this is wrong. We've got to do something about this. Um, but, you know, all that to say, you know, this is becoming a national conversation and you can't hide it anymore. I mean, I'm so thankful for the brave people that read these words at the, um, you know, um, uh, board meetings, because I, I can't, I'm very uncomfortable. I can describe what it is, but I, I don't like to say the curse words. Like I've, I've, you know, I'm, I just don't do that. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't like to read them either. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. well, <laughs> so, you know, it's funny, um, because I was actually going to have you bring some of it up. And if you are not comfortable reading Steven can it, read them. I, yeah, he'll read out. Cause this is the thing. Cause this is why, like, I understand you're uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable when I hear it, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I think with what Steven said, it's this idea that everyone, you just don't want to even talk about homosexuality or talk about heterosexuality, but these books are so much more than just talking about homosexuality or heterosexuality. Like these are graphic scenes um, that really no one wants to hear. Like that's why they try to shut these people up at board meetings because it's too graphic for adults. Uh, And so I want to, I want to say some of these things and we'll put an explicit warning on this episode. Um, but I want people to understand that this stuff is prevalent in schools at different levels. Um, yeah, CC and it's not, it's not good. Um, but yeah, that's pretty- is this the title of the book? Yes. Can you, and before, and before Steven gets to it, can you, can you just tell us, um, See, now my mic is falling. Um, I, I do have the actual book. I was having trouble finding it, but I have them all. I had this at the fair. This was at the Iredale Fair, so people could see that this is a real book. Wow. And I, I'm so thankful that you're exposing this in a, in a different way um, because, you know, this this past committee, guys, so this mm. went through our new policy that people are reviewing. Can I see it? Get okay. It. So, right, like, what me... age groups yeah, let's. Okay, uh, that that one is found in. in definitely high schools. Let me see if I have any in middle schools here. So this is high schools. Yeah, what is what is this one that I'm looking at? Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Yeah, I've got some quotes from here. Okay, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Okay, hey, I'm just looking at this. Okay, um, so me and Earl. My name is Greg. I am the one who wrote this book. My physical appearance is unsatisfactory. There's probably a fungus eating my brain. I'm not sure if I'm human. And and what what age is this for again? Well, it's in high schools, so it's in high schools? a freshman okay. could get it. Um, That's how many cuss words are in it. They count them out for you. How much is how many are in there, Stephen? Stephen, you hit oh. it. For cuss words, um, yeah. that's math. But there's for the B word for. Uh, not really a, cu- a cuss word, uh, but cocksucker is one. Uh, F word is 53. Uh, MFR is seven. Uh, piss is two, which I don't view that necessarily as a cuss word. Um, and then the S word is 53. 53. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So overall, you've got over 100, you know, not clean words in there. Why didn't it count that one? Yeah, I don't know. So you, we'll count while you're reading those because we're ready for you to read yeah, that. I'm not going to read this whole thing. I'll read maybe a <laughs> yeah. section here. We do story hour with Jordan, but this is a horrible story hour with Stephen. Yeah. Um, already what I'm reading. And this is not acceptable, too, because if you said freshman, and that can be maybe as young as 13, but definitely 14 uh, onward. And they're still, you know, that's when they're just coming out of puberty or maybe even still going through it, depending on the development of the kid. Um, so again, I, I wouldn't want, I think this should be this, these sexualized conversations should be with the the parents themselves. Um, as far as the cuss words go, you know, that can be indicative of the language itself before the time, cause that can make a little bit more sense, I guess. And I know kids themselves 
cuss all the time. So they're exposed to these. They're already going to be dis- desensitized to this type of language. Um, but here we go. Okay. For starting on, I guess it's from page 32, uh, for me and Earl and the dying girl, Greg's inexplicable boner is in full retreat. Um, let's see. Okay. Then going to page 59, are you going to eat her pussy? Yeah, Earl, I'm going to eat her pussy. Hmm. Yeah. Do you even know how to eat pussy? Uh, not really. Papa Gaines never set you down, said, son, one day you're going to have to eat the pussy? No, but he did teach me how to eat a butthole. God God bless that man. And, and it kind of continues. Uh, yeah, you don't have to, read the, you have to read the whole page. That's, and that's the thing is that, you know, you have, so you have a book like this, you have language like this, and then you, you add in, you know, you add in, you know, that the, the different swearing and, and by the way, like the F word, like that can be used in a very obviously like sexualized way. Um, we don't know how those words are being used. And also education should also be, you know, wholesome for the most part, unless, you know, we're talking about obviously different points of history or something went wrong you know, something along those lines, but it's not anything that one, I don't even understand this conversation either. Like, I don't know of any, what perverted grandfather would talk about I feel like anything I'm, like I'm that. Reading lyrics to like a Cardi B song or Nicki Minaj song. Yeah. That's like mainstream now. Uh, it's awful. Yeah. What we've let culture degrade. And you, do you have any, you have some more here well, for us? Well, this one's under, this one's under review right now. And I can okay. tell. I'll, uh, I'll read this one. Okay. Oh, sure? I can tell a little story. Yep. This, this would be in a middle school. And um, this one was uh, voted to only be for 18 and above in Catawba County. So this one has recently gone through a board process and was actually voted to only be 18 and above. Okay, so, um, yeah, so Monday's not coming. Okay, so it has less than, has less uh, profanity than the other one. So, yay. Um, um, uh, so there's Anytime. page 130. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not fun to read. Um, no, it's not. So page 133, get off her. I scream, tackling his back like a monkey, hitting his head with my balled up fists, but none of the blows strong enough to crack through his thick skull. I dug my freshly painted nails deep in his neck and scratched. Don't you touch her, she screamed and kicked him in the nuts. He cried out, falling to the floor before she swung her leg back and kicked him again. She kicked and kicked each kick to the gut more powerful than the last light bounced off the sweat on her brows. As she straddled him, she slammed against his head and I caught the unfamiliar glimpse of rage in her eyes. Jacob's grunts turned into whimpers and full out cries as he spat blood. The teacher finally broke throughout the crowd. And just as we were a package deal in the ass whooping, we were a package deal being dragged to the principal's office kicking and screaming. Is this what describing what I think it's describing? That was a fight. So okay. in all honesty, I'm going to, I'm going to show you all how moderate I am. That okay. didn't bother me. That okay. Was a fight. I, Kids yeah. are fighting. Okay. Cause that's what it's I the was sexualization thinking. that we don't like. So there's a lot of okay. her, uh, this, this yeah. character giving sexual favors and things for getting homework done or whatnot. So that would be what would be inappropriate to me. And there's lots of it. So it's interesting. So there's there's this one that says they started kissing and swaying slow. I felt silly standing there watching them, but I didn't know where else to go. The girls were back on the sofa with the boys kissing. I mean, really kissing tongues in each other's mouths, hands up shirts, touching their mother's bras. And so also on a very separate note. I feel like this is very immature to write where she puts really in caps. It's like one, this never happens in like, you don't know how to describe anything. You don't put it in in caps. That doesn't make sense. I know that sounds kind of silly to point out, but, but whatever. And one is like, he didn't, he care. Some guy was rubbing my booty, breathing all hard in my ear. Uh, oh, you're not even getting to the worst part. Damn, we need to help I didn't know you could do it like this. <laughs> the guy whispered over my shoulder and my entire body hiccuped before I wiggled out of his grip. What I'm, I'm seeing too is like not only are these books sexualized, especially the one I read very vividly, they're depicting scenes of Kids, minors. minors, yeah, teenagers. So when you are a teenager yourself or even younger reading this, you can kind of put yourself 
in that position and then it almost makes it out to be okay um, versus if you were reading um, you know something that's depicting an adult scene of you know two consensual adults and whatnot uh, but that so that makes it even worse uh, that it's about the kids and it's I don't know it's weird that an author would even want to write about that in my mind that's oh, just a I little totally strange agree. about I want to write about a kid scene unless you can really have a great message with your book overall and you need like a horrific scene to kind of depict the depravity and then the message gets tied in at the end but I'm not sensing that from from these books so that's just weird that you would even want to write about that uh, about kids doing these things well, if you look inside the inside flap of the book, it almost seems like, well, no, maybe I just got it wrong, but I thought it was like maybe someone talking about their own life. Um, yeah. It um, is the first one under the me. Yeah, but I'm looking at the back flap with Jesse Andrews. I actually don't know. Um, yeah, I just, it. I don't know. It was not until college that he even made out with a girl for more than five minutes. Like, it's just, why would you put that in a... That's about the actual author? Yeah, like, I don't know why you would put that in there. It's really it's really strange. Um, but also, one of the things I've noticed with some of the books, and, like, even talking about Paw Patrol, like, this person, I, I've heard her name, and I just don't remember, um, is that it's like they're trying to put their own experience and confusion onto children. Like, that's... That's where I feel like these books come in. And to a certain extent, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not blaming parents or anything like that, but I might say this and it might come out wrong, but it's almost like, <laughs> I feel like there's a point with our society where we kind of almost went neutral on values, where it's like no Bibles in the school, you know, let's let's take that away. Our, our, our society became more uh, secularized. And so you have these people that are so passionate about the pushing their values. And I was like, what's happened to our parents where it's like, I'm glad they're waking up and being like, no, we need to have, we need to have these values too. Um, Cause we do have, and I'm getting into a little bit of a different territory here. Cause I want to find like, why is this happening? Where you have parents that they've walked away from the church or walked away from religion as a whole. And their values just kind of went like this. And so they're like, Oh, well, you know, the left, like let's push this on. Like they're almost, you got to give a credit. They're passionate. All right. They're passionate. They've, you talked about the organizations that donate the books, you know, like glad it's like, yeah, they're really working on their agenda. It's like, you kind of have to ask yourself, we need to be working twice as hard. hundred percent. Yes. And that's how I feel where it's like, that's why I'm glad you have these different organizations. But on the same note, if all parents as individuals and as their own families said, no, we're done. Like, I think we would have an easier time. Um, but I, but like I said, I'm not trying to hate on parents all the way, but I am pointing out that something, someone let them do this. And to a certain extent, it was kind of because we were too busy doing other things. I, I don't know. I have to get your thoughts on that because I'm coming I'm coming hard a little bit on the parents being like, we're working our two jobs. We got our cars. Okay, we're going to rush to get through your homework because we're tired and we don't have time or the energy to look over anything that you're actually doing. We're just going to you know, hope that the school is so that we can have this nice house and have the latest model car and look good in the community. Uh, and so they people on the left took their shot and to be honest with you, they're pretty successful. Um, much to much to my dismay. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And you're allowed to completely no. <laughs> disagree with everything that I've said. No, so I agree with you 100%. <clears throat> and when I started with Moms for Liberty, you know, I, I knew these things were going on. I knew there was things that I didn't like with, within the school system. That's why my kids were in private Christian school, you know. Um, but once I started seeing all this and I realized, wow, well, what really made me see all this was when I was watching the riots and I saw 20 year old people throwing, you know, feces and water bottles that were frozen at police officers. And you're and talking I, about the, the summer of love, 2020 summer of love. Yeah. So those BLM <laughs> riots. Yeah. Right. So okay. when I saw that, I thought we are losing our country. Our youth have gone mad. Like it's worse than I thought. Like this is this, this is it. Like if I don't start doing something now, um, it, it's, it's over, you know? So I just realized, well, I had to pick one issue and then 
Moms for Liberty was coming up and in my area. So I decided it would be education. So I am learning everything. So I read all the time. And um, I read um, The Battle for the American Mind by Pete Hegseth. That was one of my first reads. And so, hi, guys, this is all a total, you know, coordinated takeover of the public school system. This is a Marxist agenda. It came from the Frankfurt School. Okay, this is not like an accident at all. Okay, that's why we have the ALA <laughs> Marxist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a director now, a president or whatever. She's saying what she's saying. So to sexualize your kids and to break down the family, just like what BLM wanted to do, is exactly what they want to do. They want to destroy America. They hate freedom. They hate family. They hate God, right? So we are in the fight of our lives, and we do need parents to wake up because we do, I think, as Americans, serve the almighty dollar. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and we love our comforts and, you know, there can be, um, you know, uh, you know, a danger to prosperity. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've been a very prosperous, prosperous nation, but you can't lose your values. You can't forget what got you where you are. And that's why I love moms for Liberty has taken me back to learning more about the constitution, the founders, you know, the minds that put this all onto paper and then fought and gave up their, what is it, you know, you know, freedom. What is it? Sac- what I should see. I'm, I, I had it in my head. <laughs> they're, they're, they sacrifice their lives, sacred honor. And it's one more thing, but it's okay. It just we got me. the idea. We got the idea. But, um, so all of that, I agree with you. Parents need to get involved. Now I think these books got in there because of depravity and because this is people's life and it's pretty sad. And I'm so sorry that this is all they've got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we weren't watching. And so I give everybody a free pass that we let them in. But now that we know that they're there, now it's time to do something about them. You can't pretend they're not there. And I love the people that won't even read the books. That's yeah. great. That's great. Don't book ban. Don't book ban. They won't read the book. You know, yeah. so, and then they say that we don't read the books, right? But it's like, I mean, how much of this do I need to see before I realize that, that it's little, full of garbage? Yeah. yeah. One little page I read. Yeah, was that was. Yeah, that's that enough. That was enough. That's enough. Just like, you know, if you put a little poop in the brownies, I mean, they're ruined. Like, don't, right. don't eat them. No, so. no, no, that's, <laughs> no, that's exactly, that's exactly right. I think it just, I think what bothers me the most um, you know, I said I wasn't going to hate on parents, but I'm going to hate just a little bit. And it makes me, I shouldn't because I'm single and I shouldn't, I shouldn't hate on them too much. But you know, we have, I have conversations like with my young adult friends, um, about what parenting looks like. Like we just watch and no, we're not parents, but you know, we have instincts. Like we know like what looks good and what doesn't. And we talk about prosperity almost brings kind of this laziness. And so, you know, we look at the kids on the iPads, you know, when they're two years old and we just kind of go, I don't want my kid to like that. That's not good. Like, and, and I get a little upset with parents like, you can't judge me unless you're a parent. And it's like, well, I don't need to like, you know, steal to know that stealing is wrong or that you're doing something questionable. Like don't, don't play this game with me where the experience game that the left plays. Well, if you haven't experienced this and if you're not a woman, then you can't say anything about abortion. You know, don't like, don't play this game with me. Can we just be honest and be like, listen, there are some parents in America, not all some parents in America that have either gotten lazy or they've made poor choices in their life where they have to hand their kids over to the school system. Like, let's just be honest about that. And so all that to say on a very roundabout way that I think there's a potential, um, this gets into another conversation that I'm hearing, that we're gonna see a new generation of parents uh, some that are like, cause I'm seeing a lot of parents that are like no technology. Like we're, we've watched what this has done to our youth. You know, we got the only fans, TikTok, like these famous influencers, like we do not want our kids near this garbage. Um, so I feel like we're getting to that spot, but what I can tell you now with what technology is doing and what parents are allowing is that I'm not on one, on one hand, I'm not impressed. On the other hand, I am because I see parents like you and like you kind of see both sides. Like there's despair and hope at the same time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, wow, I feel really good. And then I walk around the mall and I'm like, humanity is dead. And it's really discouraging and encouraging at the same time. I'm always just conflicted by what I see. 
this I is don't the, like this it. is the battle, right? So we are in the battle and so there are good things like there's Screen Strong that actually came out of North Carolina too and that is a group of people that commit to like almost completely eliminating screens in their house so you can join that community, you can kind of share it. Now I know it's funny like yeah. that they do chat on Facebook like you, you get your phone for a little bit, right? <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's, it's great. And they have um, educational things because this is science. Like we know that it's damaging the brain. We know that the kids aren't socializing, you know, um, you know, we know that kids are just totally like, they're not getting the development that they need if they're on the screen all day. So I agree with you hundred percent. We're, we're just, you know, we were given something that's more addictive than crack, right? It just yeah. affects you in a different way. And now we're all as a society figuring out how to try to, you know, backpedal from this and it's very very hard it's hard for me i i am very addicted to my phone i love yeah, it i don't i don't think you can go back from what like a mini computer in your pocket has given it's you amazing we can do anything yeah i don't know <laughs> me and jordan's actually had those conversations before where i was like i remember as a kid like say i went to the doctor's office or something and like oh you have to wait and literally all we did was wait there was nothing. I mean, no. maybe you could go look at the magazine stack or whatever that they had. I mean, that's what I did. <laughs> I know, uh, but boredom doesn't even exist but now, anymore. As an adult, I'm thinking like, I don't know if I could do that. I would be freaking out if I was just sitting there. And it's like, I know it's going to be 30 minutes or an hour, and I just have to be confined to this chair with nothing to stimulate my mind. Um, and that's when I guess you could bring your own book and everything. But literally, it was just you had to sit there and and quiet your mind, so to speak. Well, if you don't mind, I had a great conversation with somebody that was just kind of talking about like meditation. Like we actually need to make it a practice to just bring quiet and stillness and boredom back into, and maybe we could even do this at school. Like just get kids sitting in a room, quiet Indian style, and just who can stay quiet the longest. Like we literally have to retrain brains to not be just firing like this all the time. You know, I think that's something we could all think about. Yeah, no, we have, we do have a society that's constantly stimulated, which I think is an issue. I mean, it's just with our kids. And again, you know, what's happening is that parents are modeling that for their children because, well, I need to be on my phone. So you go ahead and let's put you in front of a screen or give you this iPad, you know, and, and then you'll be, and then you'll be entertained. I think that's, it kind of, Stephen kind of actually inadvertently touched on this when he talked about the swear words where he's like, oh, you know, th these kids are being exposed to this every day. It's true. Unfortunately, I don't want it in the books, but it's true. Like they are getting exposed to this constantly. And then you give them no limitations on a device um, or you give them some limitations, but kids find a way around them. Yeah, it's really um, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to it's going to come for you. And so and so we, we've what we've also done is we've put them on screens more. They don't really know how to play outside and build something for themselves. Like that's what I did. You know, that's what Steven did. I, I know you definitely did. You know, that's what you did as kids. You were going to say something, well, I Steven? I was going to just say that uh, about the exposure to the cuss words, that's not even in reference to, like, the technology and the different social media outlets that they're exposed to. I'm just saying in general, from peer-to-peer, -peer, like, in school, that's how people t talk. I mean, I was a teacher, actually, for a little bit uh, at high school, and I taught a business class, so I had freshmen up to, to seniors. But even just going from walking the halls and when the students are out, like, you just hear it nonstop. Uh, yeah. So not even from exposure to, to um, from social media and technology. They're just right. exposed to that type of language consistently, unless most likely they're in like a private school or something, mm -hmm. which also, when you mentioned that, I don't know why, but it resonated with me where you think like, are there like non-Christian private schools? Cause most of the time you hear private Christian schools. And I just find it interesting that you have those Christian values most of the time when it comes to private schools. Um, yes. Cause you don't, you want to just have like a, we're just a private school because we have Christian values, but we're not Christian. Like, I'm sure that may exist somewhere, right? I think like it just does. Never, yeah, never I think really it does. It. And I don't know all of them. And I don't know if you would consider like, there's like Montessori is a, you know, type yeah, of schooling. Of yeah. Um, you know, like the, I believe it's called Davidson Day is a big mm -hmm. private school that's in Davidson. So there are, you know, private schools that are not okay. necessarily Christian. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do see it though, like with more religious communities, like you have um, like Grace Covenant Academy. I'm going to assume that's private in nature. Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. It's more, I'm actually trying to figure out what the difference between public and private school is. Cause I know public was, school is funded by um, 
state funded and federal by the state. funds. Mm-hmm. And then private is not. Is that the Correct. only difference? Is it just funded by parents or donations? Yep. Yep. Parents, yeah. donations. Yep. Yeah. And then you don't have to follow all the regulations that the state might have on you. So, yeah. yeah. Which uh, gives this is a great turn into school choice. I yeah. love this because we all are about school choice. And I will just share that there's a North Carolina law that's going to be tied onto that budget mm. that is going to give opportunity scholarships for, you know, many, many more parents so that they can take their taxpayer dollar and go to the school of their choice. So. Yeah, that's important. I mean, because with private school, even if it's not a Christian private school, there is kind of this idea with private school that there are, again, there's more tightness, like more parameters around things. Sure. Um, now I was homeschooled my entire life. Yeah, and you um, turned out amazing. I just want to say that. Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I did end up going to community college at 15. People thought I was a genius because I was there at 15. It wasn't that hard. And that's, and that's what's sad though. Okay. I'm just putting yes. it out there. It's like, yes. it was my sophomore, my sophomore year of high school. I, I think I read a book a week. I did like two to three papers a week. I had to rewrite the constitution. We had to do an entire memorization. We did Latin, you know, just rigorous um, stuff. Now I have actually some things against that too, but that's another story. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah. We'll talk about that another time. And then I, I make it to community college and it's like, Oh, it's like two papers per semester. I'm like, I was like, I was like, this is awesome. I was like, this is pretty great. I don't have to, I don't have to like work too, too much. Um, but yes. it was sad that like the public, not the public school system, but the even community college, you could see the results from these students. It's like they were making C's in these classes and they were failing these tests. I'm like, how do you fail a multiple choice test? This is incredible. I've never had like a multiple choice test. This is fantastic. Right. Yes. Yeah, so no, this is the dumbing down of America. This is a very big deal. This is not okay. Well, now you have AI that can literally write you anywhere from, you know, a C plus to an A graded paper uh, with just inputting a sentence or a paragraph as a prompt for it to do that. Um, but uh, this, I mean, definitely get off on a tangent when we're getting into education. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a teacher, that was one thing I saw was uh, the initiatives of even like the no child left behind, um, especially when you get into the high school level where kids are about to enter into adulthood, into the real world, whether it's off in college or into the working force. And they're still not learning consequences of their actions where, you know, you can't give a kid a zero if they just refuse to do an assignment. Uh, not even in that they participated and just didn't know it. They just refused outright to do, which happens all the time. And then you, there's really no consequence for that because then if, oh, later in the semester they want to make everything up, then you just have to mark those grades as something that can average out to a passing grade. And they don't really develop that consequence mentality of oh wait if I don't do stuff there are actual negative effects for this and they've learned that and so they can literally get away with just about anything and then get just passed on well I'm really glad that you're a former teacher because I want to really like debunk the myth that we like hate public school and we hate teachers or I I don't (laughs) somebody actually put in the paper I'm sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna give reference to this um this paper article this IFN news Iredell Free News uh, wrote a paper and in that article it says that the teachers are quitting because of Moms for Liberty and I will tell you right now, that is not true. I know the three reasons. It can't quitting. be because of the pay, is it? <laughs> pay, is it? <laughs> pay, behavior of students, and then not being supported by administration. Okay. And I want to ask you, like, to me, the, the no-brainer to me is, how many kids are in the classroom? How can you expect one teacher to handle the 20, the 25, the sometimes 30 kids, oh, yeah, I had- right? In one of my periods, I can't remember, it was like 30, 32. Okay, see, yeah. we're getting it right here. It's the it's the truth, right, yeah. from someone who experienced it. So. so you literally, it's almost like a battle of in making your lesson plans of like, how can I just, inter- you literally have to think, how do I entertain these kids versus how do I actually teach these kids? Right. Uh, Maybe you, you know, give them cuss words, lots of books and cuss have, words. You're going to have those that are just going to say no to anything or everything you do for the right. day. And, um, you know. Well, let me, can I just get into this? Cause I'm feeling it. Okay. (laughs) So my whole thing with moms for Liberty was to get parents back in the classroom. Right. Like, and honestly, if they could just do one hour a week, it would change the world. Right. So we actually were successful in getting, and this was really a, um, a drive by um, Mike Kubinick, one of the new board members 
Constitution Day, we had over 40 volunteers go into the classrooms in Iredell Statesville schools all around. They just shared something about the Constitution or freedom and, you know, got into the classroom. Um, so we want to help these teachers like they need us. We know there's a teacher shortage. We know there's too many kids in the classroom. So parents, you're going to need to help like those are your kids. So partnering with education is, is showing up to the classroom. And so I really do hope, and I know, see, with inflation causing everybody to feel like they have to work and, you know, pay the bills, like, this yep. is a tough time right now. We are 13 side jobs to afford a home. We're in a crisis. <laughs> like, we're getting hit on every side. So we really have to just, you know, we do, we have to hunker down. We have to find out what's, you know, important, prioritize. Um, but we got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to focusing on education and loving our kids and, you know, getting them off mm. the screens, getting them outside. You know, this is a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, what you're asking for is it's a culture shift is what you're asking for. 100%. You're not, it's not just, you know, and not to be a Debbie Downer here. Well, maybe I'll be Debbie Downer, but <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's like, okay, we need, we need moms and dads in classrooms. It's like, yes, 100%. We're like, we're all on board. It should be about education. Yes, 100% on board. And I feel like with every single episode that we have had, whether it's been about uh, sex trafficking or um, affirmative action, or now we're here at education, it always comes back down to fixing the nuclear family and bringing those values back. There is great use in what you guys are doing. And I think that you can use even just having a parent, say you have a parent that goes in and says, okay, fine, I'll do it. And I'll go in for an hour. They realize, whoa this is awesome. Like, why am I not more involved in my children? And that can, and that can lead back towards that idea of, of bringing back the nuclear family. But my thing has always been, I'm like, man, you wonder, you know, okay, we talk about race issues. You talk about the black community. It's like, there's a culture issue there. There's an issue where there's only one parent. Typically, I feel like it's like a single mom or a dad that's just really not there that is also catching up with white families as well. Um, so we're not far behind. It shows us it's not a full-on race issue, that this is a culture problem. Um, and if we don't bring back the nuclear family, and if we don't bring back a sense of community around uh, morals and values, uh, which my suggestion would be Christian values, Judeo-Christian values, mm -hmm. um, but if we don't bring that back, you know, we're going to see these people being like, oh, I'll take, I'll be the parent to your child. We'll read them these books. You know, you let us take care of your kids. Oh, that's, that's what they want. No, it's yeah. exactly what they want. Oh, yeah. um, and also I kind of want to end, uh, ask you a question and our episode asking you this question because our audience, uh, as far as I know, like there are a lot of singles. They've, we don't have kids, right? Why should we care about this? Like what's like what's the point from your perspective? Because you're like moms, parents get involved. Get involved. How should singles get involved? Oh my gosh, in this? the singles should be volunteering. The singles should be mentoring programs like you know Truth Girls, um, Turning Point USA. Like you guys are awesome, and you you know you even touch a little bit closer to young people because they don't have kids either, right? Mm -hmm. You know, right. so they're not you know all busy with doing family and whatnot. But, um, you know, no, they're, they're the future. They are the future leaders or the future bum on the street. Like, what are they going to be? Mm -hmm. We've got to care about all the people in our neighborhood, right? And so it, it matters very much because it's also our nation. It's whether or not we're going to preserve liberty for one more generation. Yeah. Nope. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, cause like you said, I mean, there, there are people that we're going to be interacting with and, um, you want to create a better society for your children. So we don't have kids yet, but you know, these are the people we're going to are end up going to be working under us maybe at some point, which it's a little scary. <laughs> it's a little scary looking at things uh, right now. Um, but Kelly, for people that don't know you, where can they find you? Um, anything that you're doing that you want to highlight for us before we kind of transition out of this episode? Yes. So I will just give all my plugs. So that's why I'm glad I have my stuff here. So one thing I'm always talking about is biblical citizenship. That's through Patriot Academy. That is Rick Green's organization and is just an online, you know, education that you can get with family. You can do it at your church. So I'm always promoting that. You know, I have a Facebook page, just Kelly Harris. You can come be my friend. Uh, Moms for Liberty Iredell is something that you have to answer a couple of questions and we let you into our private page. Uh, but I love Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's exploding in our area. 
They need mentors. You can just pray for that. And on October 18th at Lake Norman High School, we're going to have a Fields of Faith, and we are believing it's going to be at capacity. Anybody can come, and there's going to be testimonies. The students lead this. We're going to have a key speaker. Um, There's going to be a a worship band, but it's just a place for the community to come together, and and we're not afraid to proclaim Jesus' name. So it's going to be a good time there. Um, Also with uh, Truth Girls, I just promote Truth Girls because that is getting into the schools and teaching girls you know, what it really means to be a strong, independent woman. That's for you, Stephen. To <laughs> oh, Stephen, because we have truth girls, we're, we're noticing a lack in a men's mentoring group. So we really need some men to get in and mentor some boys. So that could be something that was developed. And um, then I've got to plug my my favorite little uh, school board candidate here. This is Teresa Knight running for Mooresville Graded School District. Uh, she wants to get in there and just be a good conservative voice for the people she's got. I love to do this. She's got two kids in the, in the school system former teacher, master in business administration. She's got 24 years of professional experience leading education and youth programs. So this gal's qualified. She's a good woman. Um, So that's it. That's it for me. Well, you'll see me knocking doors. I knock doors. I'll be yeah, out. You know, no. I just, I'm, I'm all around this town. No, we, <laughs> I know we always see you around anyway, like whether it's at, you know, conferences or at events, you know, where, where we typically run in, in some of those same circles. And so you'll definitely see us around. I want to take a minute to make sure that I thank you and, and tell a little bit of a story here is that my whole thing is, you know, getting people involved, right? We do everything on Facebook. We talk about stuff. And then here I see Jordan with the brave book story time. And that was so awesome to me uh, because it's how simple was it, right? All you had to do was take a book, go to a coffee shop, do a flyer. Yeah, I did have to work on my Southern drawl. Um, but other than that, yeah, super easy. People showed up. You did a great job. But we could be doing that at any library, at any coffee shop. You know, we've got to care enough about our values to be getting out front instead of these books, instead of the drag queens, you know? Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think, listen, he's not in the room, uh, but Connor's the one honestly to think, because he's like, listen, if you're going to complain about something, you better have a solution. That's right. I believe uh, that. And so our goal for, and I appreciate you bringing it up because it gives us a little bit of a plug here to basically say, you know, we, I'm, I love doing the story hours. I think it's great, but it's about, again, it's a culture shift. Who should be reading to the kids? Who should be with the, it should be the moms. Mm-hmm. Where are these moms and the young women in the community that are willing to be with these children? It shouldn't be it shouldn't be just you, Kelly. It shouldn't be just me. Like I'm, I am a single woman with no children and I am going to the children and I love doing it. But I am saying like, you know, moms, like this is a great opportunity. Why don't the moms come together? You know, have one of the moms read a story, you know, the other, some of the moms can relax and just, you know, just like, like these are easy things that can be done, um, for the kids. Um, and so I want to, I want to put that out there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do appreciate it. Yeah. We just encourage people do it in your neighborhood. You know, don't wait for somebody else to do it. Just start it. Everybody loves connection, loves community, you know, jump out of your comfort zone and change this world. Yep. Nope. I'm all about it. That's what we've been trying to do. Uh, Carrie, Kelly Harris, ladies and gentlemen. And then also, um, yes, we do have not Connor here today. This is Steven. Does oh, not yeah, an intro. At the yeah. End. Well, that's kind of what we, we did. Isaiah's like kind of in like the middle of our last one. Cause we kind of just kept going with it. Um, but I was just gonna like, let you like slide in there and just see if anyone noticed, although you are on our website. <laughs> so he is our only full white, um, person. So, um, he obviously gets paid less, um, than Isaiah <laughs> and, and Connor, but no. So Steven is more of our, I, I like to call you more of my man on the street type guy because you have the common sense. It's all there. And you kind of represent a good amount of the people out there. They're just like, yeah, this is stupid. And we've always had those good conversations. Yeah, and that's what I said to Kelly earlier. Like, I'm not and haven't been as involved in just keeping up with the day-to-day of um, politics and just kind of general current events. But I like hearing about the issues and then voicing my opinion on that. And for me, I'm in a position where it's you could just look at the news and can tell if you have two eyeballs and, you know, any sense of common sense that stuff's stuff doesn't add up that there is just misinformation lies and uh, you just can't trust the media or, or really anything you hear uh, or see in these days. You have to do the research yourself. 
Yeah, well, and I think that's an important point, too, because you have a media that tells you, no, no, you got to listen to the experts, the ones that are very experienced. Listen, we must, you can't trust your own instincts and common sense. You have to just trust us. And I think that's, I think that's silly. I think that's bullcrap right on, right out of the gate. Uh, so I think we're going to have a good time with you. And then we're going to have um, Isaiah coming back on. Uh, we're excited about that. And then we also have our, our guest, John, that we're going to hopefully get on at some other point. Um, but Kelly, thank you for being thank here. You. I had a blast. Thank yep. you. And if you liked this episode, make sure that you subscribe, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and make sure that you follow us, please. Um, I think that's it. I used to, I've gotten really good at the spiel at the end. I didn't do as well with that one, but I've gotten <laughs> really, really good. There's the fall. You have to follow Subscribe. Yeah, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube and make sure you check out our website so you don't miss any content. I think I need to make you a jingle. You need a jingle. I don't want a it's jingle. It's like, isn't it <laughs> like, subscribe, follow? That's yeah, the but I don't know. Like, I don't know. You should listen to my other episodes where I'm like in where like a super. It. Yeah, I did. I did. I did get back for a trip yesterday. So I feel like I'm a little bit slower than normal, but it's okay. Like, I don't, I don't mind. It's all right. This is a chiller version of me. I, I need it. So thank you. It's yeah, no, you have, you I'm have hyper. It's funny because <laughs> you're, I know you're older than both of us. Um, and we're, and you're like bouncing off the walls and we're just like, yeah, we're just chilling here. Like we just don't, the energy is not even there, but that's kind of how we are on a, on a normal day. All right. I can probably end this, right? Can I stop it?